start then. Hi, this is Kendra. This is Olivia. And Josh. And you're listening to Our Music Oddcast. I am uh, recording from a phone call, so hopefully this doesn't sound like crap. Yeah. Um, yeah. You'll notice, yeah, your voice is quite a bit nasalier, but it's from the phone. Is it different? <laughs> it's the a same. A little bit, No, just yeah. from the phone, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I'm definitely pouring myself a drink right now, so you might hear a lot more background noise, because I am prone to wandering around and pacing oh. while I'm on the phone. That was fine. So, sorry in advance. Yeah. <laughs> so, what are you drinking? I'm drinking Wild Cherry Pepsi. Oh, Wild. I'm. I know. <laughs> Big adventurer here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything in the Pepsi? Not even ice cubes. Wow. Yeah. Yep. I'm that drinking a magnesium supplement that it doesn't taste that bad, but it has like the consistency of sand. So that's not oh, very. Yeah. yeah, it's not very pleasant, especially at the bottom. But it's like one of those like thick ass drinks that like you get from the store. It comes or in like these like, little. Or did you like make it yourself? It comes in like these little powdered pouches, and you just mix it with water. Because mm. I hate swallowing pills, so I I try to like get supplements that are either like the liquid or sometimes powder. Nobody asked me what I was drinking. I know Josh was drinking. Well, I was just waiting for you to interject, oh. Josh. I know. I'm drinking Jump filtered water with lime. Sorry, go ahead. Filtered water with lime, organic lime. Hmm. Ooh, that sounds nice. I know. Sounds refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever like put aloe in that stuff? Nope. Like just like a tiny bit of aloe from a plant? Never tried I've that. I've heard of it. I've never tried it. I do that when I want to feel fancy, but I don't know if it does anything. I don't really care. Yeah. It's supposed to be good I for do your feel digestion, fancy when I do but it. I don't know. Sorry. I keep on interrupting you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I have heard that too, that it's good. You know, it does have health benefits. I've just never tried it. It kind of has like the snotty consistency and made me not want to try to drink it. But maybe it's different when you mix it with water. Fair. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I could see it being snotty though, for sure. Yeah. I just worried that I'd get like a glob like sliding down my throat and it'd feel like a booger or something. Oh my God, I had that happen the other day. It's <laughs> oh, so the this, worst. I had this uh, apple cider that yeah. I got like probably too long ago. And I hadn't hit the expiration date yet, but it's like literally like was a day or two off. So I was like, oh, I better drink all this right now. And I had shaked it and stuff like that. And there was like this gelatinous, like booger-esque, t- it was like the world's biggest loogie, but I didn't freaking notice it until like I had made myself like an apple cider and rum drink. Yeah. And I like took one sip and it like just went into my mouth and it was the most disgusting thing. <laughs> I was just like, I felt like I was like, cough, oh, it's so gross. That so, so, really gross. so gross. So always check your juices, people, because sometimes yeah. <laughs> there's some loogies in there. And that just sounded so dirty. Oh, my God. I can't believe I just said that out loud. <laughs> 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 and so on that note, we're going to be talking about Bohemian Grove today. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to get to like a little business before. Um, we usually save this for afterward or after the, the, you know, the episode, but thought I'd try... Um, so we could get some feedback from you guys. We're looking at some merch options and wanted to see if anybody's interested. Like, what what do you want? Do you want T-shirts? Do you want pins, buttons, um, stickers? I'll Let us know. 
We're on any social media platform, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Send us a message at our email, which is ourmusicodcast at gmail.com. And that's all I have. Just wanted to get to that first. But yeah, we wanted to talk about Bohemian Grove today. I've been listening to this podcast about the Grateful Dead. It's called Dead and Gone. And I was looking up, you know, stuff about the band just because I, you know, I find it interesting and just thought it would be fun and found out that two of the members are part of the Bohemian Club, which we'll, you know, we'll explain what it is in case you guys don't know, which I thought was very, very odd. So then I, you know, of course had to talk about it on the podcast and wanted to look into it a little bit more. So, um, so they're like, they're like bona fide members, yeah. not like waitlisted. Yeah. And there's actually, um, you know, more musicians than I thought. It's really hard to get an updated list. I think the last one that was leaked as part of like a WikiLeaks came out in 2014, but, and it does have some past members and, um, you know, possibly current members, but I don't know, you know, as of this year, who's part of it and who isn't. And then I know that they do have some performances at the camp. So, you know, there's probably even more the than Grateful we, Dead does. Um, I don't know if the Grateful Dead does. It's really, it's hard to get a lot of information because they're actually pretty secretive about what happens there. And, you know, we'll talk about that. Um, sometimes people have been able to get a hold of like an agenda or like one of their little kind of like daytime lists on what happens. You can kind of get an idea there, but right. it, it's not consistent. Camp but, schedule? Is that what it is? What are you it's kind of, well, I'll, I'll get into it. Okay. So I'll just start. Um, Bohemian Grove is a campground deep in the Northern California Redwoods. The campground belongs to a gentleman's club started in 1878 called the Bohemian Club. They own a 2,700-acre plot uh, forest where they've constructed cabins, a giant stage for plays and speakers, um, a 40-foot concrete owl statue, and there's even a helicopter pad. It was, you, you look like you want to say something. I was just thinking that 2,700 acres is like massive. Oh, yeah. This is, I mean, it's huge. Yeah. Well, I feel like they didn't even purchase the club until like much later, like after the club formed. Because like, wasn't it for, it was formed like back in the day, but they, like the retreat oh, yeah. camp thing wasn't. They didn't purchase the. Until much later. Yes. Yeah. The club started in 1878, but they didn't, um, they didn't purchase the, the land right away. And it was actually, it started as like a small artist, little colony slash camp out that they would have but it turned into something very different and they originally had you know they invited some businessmen and politicians and people that you know had some money to kind of support it because they you know they wouldn't have been able to do that on their own like pull their money together oh sorry because i was like researching it too Mm -hmm. um it seemed like it started off with like the writers and the musicians and like more of like the people living that lifestyle and they would throw these like crazy lavish parties, mm-hmm. um, and then they just kind of figured that they got some people to start bankrolling it, and then yes. they made it into a club. And then like they kind of realized that like you mix the billionaires with the artists, or like what would now be a modern day billionaire, but back yeah. then it wasn't like that. Um, or it would be like the equivalent of like the super rich person in town would be the one funding everything. Yeah. And so then they just made their memberships like stupid expensive. <laughs> yeah. And it, so elite, right? Yep. Yeah. And it, it turned into something very different because now, um, you know, like we said that they're, 
the members are mostly like rich, like very rich people, politicians, bank managers, owners. Um, and there are some artists and, you know, writers, poets and musicians now mixed in, but it, they're not the majority anymore. Correct. Yeah. So the, the motto of the club is weaving spiders come not here, which was taken from Shakespeare's Midsummer Night's Dream. And it's meant to mean leave your cares and worries behind. So these people, you know, they head to this campground and just kind of like go wild for two weeks and relax. And they're not supposed to, you know, discuss work, even though, you know, we have proof that there have been, you know, discussions, things that are naturally. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, that's probably why some people try to get in to kind of rub shoulders with some of these people. But right. yeah, this two week annual retreat is kicked off with the controversial cremation of care ceremony where men in red hooded robes, some carrying torches, um, others <laughs> carrying a, a wooden coffin, you know, they run through the, not them run, but they, they navigate through the woods like a funeral progression until they reach the base of the giant owl statue you mentioned before. And they chant, yeah. they sing songs. Some of them get really, really, really heated and, you know, yelling at this thing. And they, a man dressed like a priest then says, shake off your sorrows with the city's dust and scatter to the winds the cares of life. The funeral pyre is then lit and um, the coffin containing a wooden skeleton is burned. And if you guys... <laughs> is that it? Anything else? No, Sounds no. like there's a lot going on down there. Yeah. So, so this like is also like there's part of, it's like there's performances and like plays yes. and stuff like that. Oh yeah, and we'll get into all that. It's um, but this this part is kind of what causes a lot of the controversy with you know because they're saying like there's Satanists there and they're you know actually sacrificing children or humans when they you know they burn this effigy. Um, yes, yeah. and there's even some footage that you can find online because. If you guys are aware of Alex Jones, he's like a conspiracy theorist. Um, he no, but you are. Yeah, I can he. Tell. Yeah, and I sent Kendra a bunch of like fun videos cool. when I was yeah. researching this. But, you talked about like, him before. I, I follow that shit. Like, I want to say, like, when did YouTube first like become a thing? I was like twenty-one yeah. in my first apartment. And we just get stoned and watch conspiracy theory YouTube videos. Yeah. <laughs> That's what and YouTube was for <laughs> back 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it was, that was like 13 years ago. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> we would see all that stuff and like, oh my God, Alex Jones is like the worst, but, um, oh, he is. yeah, <laughs> he's, uh, yeah. but also really entertaining. Oh, absolutely. But it was, I don't know, but yeah, all the Bohemian Grove stuff, like there's, so many different conflicting things. There's like little mini documentaries. Like there's yeah. so much conflicting information out there about what actually happens. Like you've got interviews with people, um, <laughs> yeah, saying that they worked there, but like really all they want to do is like talk about who they met and stuff like that. And yeah, I don't know. I've like I've listened I met John to like four or five different <laughs> podcasts. Like, oh my god, sorry, I'm losing track. Go on. The funny thing about it is too, when I was researching, like I kind of have like the usual routes that I go and you can find stuff online, you know, like written stories and podcasts, but you can't find a lot of these documentaries on any other platform than um, 
YouTube. You can't find it on Amazon. You can't find it on Netflix, Hulu, yeah. anything. It seems like they stripped a lot of that stuff off. And I was looking into that a little bit, and I guess um, you know pretty much all of them, except you know YouTube, as I said, took a bunch of Alex Jones stuff down, like all at the same time, kind of like wiped him out from a lot of these different platforms. Because yeah. um, he, you know, he's kind of all over the place with some of his. His conspiracy theories. Of, like, some of them aren't that really. like crazy and far off, and some of them are really well, ridiculous. Well, he's also definitely um, crossed a lot of lines when it comes to, um, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like the ADL and shit. Definitely has it out for him. Yeah, uh, the Anti Defamation League, and there's definitely always been debates on whether or not he's anti-Semitic. Yeah, so that's a huge part, I think, of that censorship, probably. Um, and like also. Yeah, I mean, there's just a, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot. I don't even want to go into Alex Jones, honestly. Oh yeah, I don't think he needs any more attention. Same. Um, we just mentioned that you can find that footage because he's yeah. he's the only person that has like footage from that ceremony. So he snuck in with John Ronson, who's a British journalist, and they were able to get that. And it's funny because they have complete conflicting stories about like what actually happened while they were there and you know what they were worried about. They had this whole plan. He covers that in his uh, in his book called "Them: Adventures with Extremists." Yeah, and it is absolutely hysterical. So oh, I, I urge bet. anyone listening to this: if you want a good laugh, definitely. <laughs> read that chapter at least it's so funny yeah and it's it's funny too because you know they had this whole plan to go in and john ronson had like a guy that was gonna let you know help him get in and then alex jones gets scared that they're like setting him up and he's gonna die so he like takes off through the woods you know kind of goes rogue with this cameraman and they and they had it like in a bag so it was concealed and you know they got the footage but then you know since they weren't really together anymore. He kind of like dominated the footage after that and um, yeah. didn't give people copies. Like it, it's, it's really funny if you watch the the documentary, but yeah, but Alex Jones thought that there was all this, you know, crazy stuff going on and they were definitely sacrificing people. And John Ronson was like, no, it was just like, <laughs> nah, you know, some drunk guys. Martinis. Yeah. <laughs> John Ronson, it was basically like, yeah, I just watched a play and we saw, yeah. you know, <laughs> this stuff and it was like, Oh, I get it. It means, you know, like murdering your cares and whatever, yeah. like, like leave your worries behind and like indulgence. It's all about indulgence this weekend and whatever <laughs> and not judging. And John <laughs> And Alex comes up and he's like, dude, and he's like covering shrubbery, like rolling through yeah. the wood, like <laughs> like freaking out, sweating like profusely and like like yeah. completely read something absolutely different into it. Well, like I can just see it and my like my mental image of it is it's like really funny. John Ronson just like eating some cheese and wine and like, you know, like, oh, <laughs> like joking around with these people that think that he's part of the club and Yeah. Alex Jones just like completely going off his rocker and like army crawling through the forest (laughs) and like only seeing glimpses of things because he's like so paranoid. It's absolutely hysterical. It really is. So the club hosts, as I said before, you know, businessmen, politicians, global dignitaries, past presidents, writers, FBI, CIA agents, um, you know, and like I said, even musicians. It's even rumored that at one point um, a couple of ex-Nazis had, you know, made it to as a guest, not as a member. There is a 15-year waiting list just to join, and it costs $25,000 to just like put your application in. And then I found conflicting information. Some 
things said that it was $600 a month after, you know, after you finally get in. And then some said it was just 5,000 annually. So it, it just depends, you know, where you're, you're finding your information. Um, they host daytime events, speakers, and they put on performances, plays. Women are limited and they must leave the camp by 10 PM. There's only been four women that have actually been members of the club. Oh. Yeah. So some members. Well, it was a gentleman's club when it started, right? Right. Um, right. Yeah. Not that I'm against women being in the club, but just. Yeah. The, I know. I, I don't care. History, yeah. um, some members include um, both George Bush's, Reagan, Nixon, Colin Powell, um, David Rockefeller, Jeb Bush, William Randolph Hearst, Henry Kissinger, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Paul Pelosi, who's husband of Nancy Pelosi. Um, Donald Rumsfeld, and when I was when I saw his name, I kind of forgot for a second who he was, and I was thinking of that cartoonist, and I think it's Donald Hertzfeld who did those. Do you guys remember those? <laughs> oh, John Hertzfeld. Yeah, cartoonist. yeah. So I, yeah, I was. Think was I didn't really think it was Rumsfeld that person, but I saw I saw the name, and I kind of forgot who he was at first, and I was like, is it? It's not that. Guy. I know exactly who you're talking about, like the guy that's like. My spoon's too big. Yes. I'm a banana. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was in the club too, maybe. So I, of course, went back and watched all those. But then John Lehman, Alden Clausen, writers like Jack London, Mark Twain, poet Ambrose Pierce were um, you know, past members, musicians like Bing Crosby, Jimmy Buffett, pianist Bruce Livingston, Livingston um, ex-Grateful Dead members Mickey Hart and Bob Weir, and Steve Miller from Steve Miller Band were some that I found on the list. The members are divided into camps with names like the Hillbillies, the Mandalays, the Derelicts, the Silverado Squatters, the Rattlers, Cavemen, and Los Angels. There's like a bunch more, but I just picked out my favorites. Many I like how they just definitely aren't uh, rich people names. I know. <laughs> like, they're making fun of it. like I can't tell. Yeah. Many of the past members were part of like the ritualistic fraternities like the Skull and Bones. And you can kind of see how that would, you know, then this club would appeal to people that were members of those while they were in college. Yeah. You know, and kind of get into that stuff. I feel like they start recruiting for that club in college too. They probably do. So I have a story Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not going to say who told it to me. Okay. Um, but just to, you know, privacy and whatever. But I was told this story where this person uh, was the student body president of their college. Um, and they were out in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And um, they, and it was during the era when there was all the protests and stuff like that mm-hmm. in the 60s. And <laughs> they basically, uh, like, we're like, hey, okay, we see where you're going with this, whatever. Oh, you're like this type of person. Sounds good. Here's the kind of future that you could have. And they like brought him to the club headquarters, which is in San Francisco. And he said that there was like, and this is back in the 60s even. So there's like, you know, a limousine <laughs> for like a four-star general or whatever, parked outside. Yeah. And uh, so it was a pretty big limousine. And then, like, another limo pulled up and, like, made that limousine move. Because <laughs> it was even bigger <laughs> for, like, some, you know, like, super wealthy person. And so that when he got to the door, they um, asked for his drink order. 
Mm-hmm. And then by the time he got off the elevator at the top, he got his drink or whatever. <laughs> and it uh, didn't really go into anything else about the club, but just kind yeah. of like, hey, oh, you're an up-and-comer. Like, this is what you could have if you follow this way. Trying blah, to blah, schmooze him. So I thought it was really interesting that they would, like, even, like, show college students about it. I know. I, I guess they got to recruit somehow or yeah. so it would die. I don't know. That's true. Got to get some people, you know, putting in applications so they can get massive amounts of money from them. Yeah. <laughs> it's also rumored that members of the Rosicrucians, Order of Hubertus, Freemasons, and the Illuminati have been members past and present. You know, and like I mentioned before, you know, they think that there's a lot of Satanistic activities going on. Um, the Owl God at Bohemian Grove is named Malak. And is supposed to symbolize wisdom. The 40-foot concrete statue was constructed in the late 1920s and was designed by a past club president, Haig Padigen. The owl is voiced by Walter Cronkite. <laughs> and <laughs> the plays and the sacrifice take um, place in front of the owl. Interesting. Yeah. There so- is... Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, there's also a Canaanite god named Malak. It's spelled differently, but um, child sacrifices are offered through fire, which is you know kind of what they do in the club, or through war. So, what were you going to say? Oh no, nothing. Okay. I remember. <laughs> I <forgot>. Yeah. <laughs> the club's patron saint is John of um, Nepomul, who was murdered by the Bohemian monarch for not disclosing confessed secrets of the Queen of Bohemia. Other than the massive amounts of drinking, ceremonies, peeing on trees and plays. Oh, and they also have like um, lakeside talks because they have this giant man-made lake there. Um, The Grove is also rumored to set the nation's agenda, determine who is going to be the next president, and has since the early 1900s. And this is this is kind of interesting. It's where the Manhattan Project was originally hatched by Oppenheimer. Okay. Yeah. It, yeah, I, I saw his name about that too. Yeah, he so. wasn't an official member, and it didn't happen sh- during like the two week camp out during July because they can have people go and do things in like the area in the off season. And they actually have like a June little thing called I think it's um, maybe called like the spring jinx or something like that before the, the two week camp out. The camp is also rumored to have a wild nightlife, especially between one and 4 AM where the prostitutes called Grovers, which is also, I guess what they call some of the, the club members. So I thought that was kind of weird, um, mm. <laughs> but they're brought in. Um, William Webster, who is a former CIA and FBI director, FBI from 78 to 87 and CIA from 87 to 91, arrested a nearby hotel owner for supplying prostitutes to the Grove, but he was a member there, which is kind of interesting. So after he arrested this guy, he then, you know, returned back to the camp after and delivered a speech while he was still head of the FBI and actually leaked national security secrets while he was talking, which is... The whole story is kind of crazy. I mean, there's a lot that I just unloaded there, but yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> a lot to process. Yeah. So he he busted the dude that was providing prostitutes to the club that buddies. he's part of. Yeah. 
And then, like, gave a press conference where he was talking about stuff that was discussed at the Grove that gave away national security secrets. Well, no, the, he, he gave a, a speech at the Grove after, because you think, like, after he busted their prostitutes, like, maybe he wouldn't go back, but he did. And he was giving, like, one of the lakeside talks, and actually that was when he, you know, let loose national security secrets. Just thought the whole thing was just odd, which a lot of these stories are, and there's so many little, like, wormholes that you can go down with with this. I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wild. and just weird that it happened while he was still head of the FBI. Um, years after the Johnny Gosh kidnapping in 1982, sex worker and child prostitute, well, alleged child prostitute, Paul Benassi, confessed to assisting in the kidnap of the boy and that he and other children were supplied to political party members and even, you know, were delivered to them at Bohemian Grove. And he described things which weren't made public for quite a while. So it's it's actually not that crazy to, you know, believe. His claims right. were backed up by other children, including Alicia Owen. These children were rumored to be part of a child prostitution ring connected to the Franklin Credit Union. And there's that's a whole other story. And actually a really good podcast about that. True Crime Garage covers the Franklin cover-up and also um, Creep It Real. They both do a really good job kind of telling, you know, that whole story. And I won't go there because it's too long. But these kids were supported by Senator John DeCamp, who, you know, he believed their claims and tried to actually help them out. He met with um, the CIA director, William Colby, who kind of encouraged him to stay out of it and was kind of like, people, you know, that are involved with this usually end up dying. And there were actually 15 people that were at one point either going to investigate, testify, or, you know, kind of support the claims that these children were making that ended up dead in really mysterious ways. Like some, yeah, like some of them were, and I mean, it goes like, there's a lot of people involved, like press, um, coroners, you know, like we said, politicians, it's, it's really strange. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Cops, court officials, coroners, politicians, business leaders, and the media Um, officials were said to be involved. The now adult, victims were actually charged and prosecuted for perjury because they said that they couldn't trust some of their claims, but there was a lot of evidence that was lost in the process. But yeah, brought the, brought, you know, all of this up because it's one of like kind of the darker rumors out there about Bohemian Grove. Right. But yeah, some of their claims included rape, murder, sacrifice, cannibalism, kidnap, assisted kidnapping, um, schemes. And, you know, this goes all the way to the top. Other, yeah, and you know, like I mentioned before, um, a lot of conspiracy theorists like David Icke and Alex Jones, Alex Jones, believe that there really are children being sacrificed at the Grove. Um, there's a real I forgot to mention before that you can actually listen to both John Ronson and Alex Jones talk with Joe Rogan about this whole crazy, yeah right? it's, it's really good um i think he's actually kind of friends with both of them um, yeah i know he's been on joe rogan's podcast a couple more times than once yeah yeah even john ronson's been on more than once too because i think joe rogan is also into those crazy conspiracy 
uh, not great, but he's in, he's into conspiracies basically. Yeah. And there are several journalists that have snuck in and kind of given, you know, their opinion on what happens there and, you know, kind of told stories and usually it's pretty mild, just like drinking, um, like some like guys running around naked in the woods and yeah, um, definitely heard, everywhere. Like, some stories about like, about one thing that I was talking about, like uh, George W. Bush just always being like, the naked guy at the party. And, like, <laughs> shit face hey guys. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, that's and funny since because I can definitely see it. Also, can we talk about like how it's funny that like George W. Bush now is just like living his best life as like a painter of dog portraits. What? I didn't know this. <laughs> Say what? Have you guys seen any of this stuff? Uh-uh. No. He's just like happily like painting portraits now. I don't know. No. I think Good for like him, I guess. The only updates I yeah. ever see about George W. Bush is that he's just really into painting. That's <laughs> so hilarious. I did not him, see that coming. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> have guessed, ever. <laughs> is he good? They're not bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. Yeah, it's we'll like, try to find, you know, one of these portraits and put it up. Because I was going to put, I, I have did, some, yeah, I like, some hand-drawn, well, not hand-drawn, but um, some maps of the layout of the Grove that I'll put up with this episode and we'll put a George Bush original up there right. too. They're linked. It's Absolutely. Yeah, no, like, yeah. It, seriously, just Google it. Like you'll see like a shit ton of images of him just like standing by a painting and like presenting pictures of like dogs to veterans. And like, I don't know, just random, <laughs> random stuff. <laughs> I'm going to paint a ha- kind of happy enjoyable. little dog like, today. What do you do yeah. after your time? I mean, the president paint pictures of dogs. Like, yeah. sorry oh no you're fine I'm glad that you brought that up because I did not know that happened Um, in 1978 the club was charged with discrimination over its refusal to hire female employees in 1981 the club what about the prostitutes (laughs) I guess yeah I know I didn't really think about that are they not employees yeah um in 1981, the club was ordered to begin hiring women, and then they kind of went back and forth with this for a while. It even went to the Supreme Court yeah. um, in 1984, but it was finally decided in 87, like, you have to hire women. They have so kept they them. one woman. <laughs> no, but they keep them in, like, in very low positions. Like, yeah. they prepare the food for the other help. Yeah, and stuff like that. Did. So they kind of keep them out of. But out you of the said place. there were a, there was four women who were actually members too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's not like exclusively guys does it ever mention who those women were yeah it does um i didn't Barbara Bush, write it down Bush, i don't know no it wasn't barbara bush it was um i didn't recognize the names but um oh. yeah i can put that up with our with this um, with this post as well um, and we put all our posts on the on the instagram page usually and some of them on our facebook page inside the camp um logging activities have been conducted since 1984 the club planned to increase their you know increase their business every year after and after violating terms of their logging permits for years they finally lost their permit in 2011 and they're no longer allowed to log on the property which i'm glad about that they really shouldn't be able to because you know it should be like a beautiful protected part of the forest and you think that they wouldn't want to do that in the first place yeah they said a lot of it was to prevent forest fires but they they proved that it was bullshit and they were just making money off of it oh and, right. Yeah. In um, 2018, a bunch of the workers went on strike because, at best, they were being paid $15 an hour, but a lot of them were making much less than that. Um, things were eventually settled between club management and the union. Yeah, I thought that was sad because, you know, you think about 
like how much the club's making annually off right. of like all of its members and all of these rich people. And then right. it's sad to trickle hear. down a comic economics doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, especially if they also like live around the area too, it's a very, you know, living in California, West coast is yeah. expensive. Oh yeah. So I, I mean, it would be hard to live on that out here in Indiana. So, yeah, it's interesting too because like isn't the club worth like fifteen to thirty million dollars or something? Probably. I mean they have like the club itself like does pay taxes and stuff like that. But, yeah. Like, it's always the same reported income. Yeah, um, and even though it, like I feel like just even being a member might be a money making thing. So it sounds yeah. like any other business, sounds like Walmart paid employees. That, and when an you and hear about how much money, rich. yeah, they put a bunch of money into their like plays and performances, yeah. like lots and lots of money. And they have like <laughs> the world's second largest um, pipe organ on the stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you think that they could afford to pay these guys a little bit better. And, you know, it was even sad reading some of these stories, you know, where the employees are being interviewed and found out like how low, like they were tipping some of these people. It was actually really sad. Yeah, that's unfortunate. It's like you have some of the world's richest people yeah. all in this room. Yeah, yeah. And, and they like, were they were saying like, like they don't even take care of the people to like keep their silence. Like really, no wonder you always like find like different podcasts like having interviews with people that worked at the Grove that like I don't know. Like I feel like some people maybe didn't have to sign the NDA or something. Yeah, because like there's definitely podcasts out there that have people that have worked there. Yeah, it's I, funny. I heard one, but it was like the most annoying podcast I think I've ever listened to. I don't even remember the name of it, but it oh. was just <laughs> not like ours. Like they kept on talking about, like, we got the guy, we got we got a guy for this, blah blah blah, and it was like supposed to be like this big deal, and it's like they just hyped it up so much more than anything the guy actually had to say worth anything. Oh yeah, it was yeah. pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> like kind of he had nothing worthwhile to say. Just yeah, of none of these him. really have anything. Like I mean, other I mean, the child prostitution stuff is awful and terrible. If you know, it, and there's probably some truth there. It could you know, it's not that crazy to believe. But all the other stuff that you hear about the people really isn't that bad. Like oh, they got drunk and you know got mad about a milkshake yeah. or Doesn't they peed on stuff. Doesn't seem evidence of any of the crazy like cannibalism and sacrifices yeah like, i don't <laughs> yeah i'm not saying nothing happened weird but yeah we don't don't really don't know about it so i'm gonna give like a quick rundown on some of the the musicians that have been members um first being crosby who's an american singer comedian and academy award-winning actor he was born in 1903 he sang White Christmas. Oh, yeah, he sang four Academy Award winning songs, including White Christmas, Swinging on a Star, Sweet Leilani. And then In the Cool, Cool Evening, White Christmas was his most popular film, but he was in other popular films like He's Going My Way, and I think he won an Oscar for that, or at least was nominated. The Bells. Wasn't he like a bad, like, wife beater? I don't know. I, I think didn't. All the host guys were. Maybe. Was like, pack. I feel like. Because, like, one of my favorite family movies that we always watch every year is White Christmas. Yeah. And my dad's always griping. He's like, that guy's a woman beater. He <laughs> so might I be. He might have been. I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's a bold claim. I'm not trying to no stir idea. something up. Sure I don't know enough, anything But about. I'm definitely, like, going to look it up. But yeah. Probably right now, actually, just so I don't yeah. have to recant that. Look it up while I'm – yeah, because I just have a few more lines if you want to look it up real quick. But, yeah, he was in The Bells of St. Mary's, High Society, Holiday Inn, and um, Country Girl – 
He had 23 gold and platinum records. He received a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award in 1962. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame for radio, popular music, Western music, and um, the Hit Parade Hall of Fame. He has influenced musicians like John Lennon, Elvis, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, and he also has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. He died in 1977. Mm-hmm. Wait, okay, okay, so I'm definitely seeing. Oh, was that the only musician? No, oh. I was waiting on Kendra to find that. Oh, she was checking on the <laughs> yeah the wife uh, beating. One thing is that, like, in one book, he was described as a tyrant who beat his sons. Aww. And then um, in another book by his daughter, she said that that was all a lie. So who knows? Oh, yeah. But it definitely was a prevalent rumor. So. Yeah, next up is Jimmy Buffett, <laughs> American singer. <laughs> <laughs> now, now the idea of all of these fucking presidents, because like almost every single president of the United States of America since its creation of the Bohemian Club has been been a member. Yeah. Um. So just imagining that all of them are parrot heads. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that like, too. Drinking the pina coladas, <laughs> loving their life. <laughs> Potentially getting prostitutes. Oh my god. Yeah. The mental image is funny and terrifying at the same time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that he was also an actor, but an um, author and businessman. I didn't know those. He was born in 1946, and he has famous songs like Margaritaville, It's Five O'Clock Somewhere with Alan Jackson, and he sang with Frank Sinatra on a version of Mac the Knife. He played on the White House lawn when Bill Clinton was president. He has two popular restaurant chains, the Margaritaville Cafe and Cheeseburger in Paradise. Have you guys been to either of those? I have been to Cheeseburger in Paradise. I haven't. I have not, but yeah. I, I had a coworker at my old salon that like they would go and stay at the Jimmy Buffett like hotels or Margaritaville like franchise or something. <laughs> yeah. They're like obsessed with it. Yeah, like the fans are like real, real, real into the cheeseburger place is kind of like an Applebee's with like Jimmy Buffett Island theme. Okay. Stuff. The food's kind of like that. It's pretty good. As a, as a diehard fan of cheeseburgers in general, like it's my favorite food. <laughs> You're in. Um, I do have a special place in my heart for that song. But oh. only after, <laughs> after the cheeseburger love had been really kindled in my heart, you know. <laughs> Consummated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wrong word. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> uh, he was another artist whose material was destroyed in the 2008 Universal Fire. Um, he was in movies like Jurassic World, Repo Man, Hooch, The Beach Bum, and shows like Hawaii Five O. NCIS New Orleans. Um, he wrote a few mu- musicals and still is possibly working on more. He has 31 albums released between 1970 and I wrote 1920, but I obviously think I meant <laughs> 1980. <No. laughs> Not sure. Um, Check that one. <laughs> yeah, there's a bridge named, af- named after him in his hometown of Pas. Gagula, Mississippi, and I'm probably saying that wrong, so I apologize if I am. I don't know. Yeah, next up, Steve Miller. He, Steve Miller is an American singer, guitarist, songwriter, leader of the Steve Miller Band. He was born in 1943. 
And he, his, the Steve Miller band released 18 studio albums and six live albums, um, which included popular songs like The Joker, Fly Like an Eagle, and Take the Money and Run. He briefly taught at USC Thornton School of Music, taught popular music and um, music industry programs. He was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2016. Damn straight. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that you can find about that too because he was super pissed that Elton John wasn't the one to present Why? that. Um, he he was mad because the guys from the Black Keys were the ones that did it and he didn't think that they were you know big enough fans and he said that he knew that Elton John was a fan. So I guess like it didn't really go well and um, the Black Keys guys were actually, you know, they've actually spoken about how it wasn't like a great experience for them and they left like right after they did their part and didn't stay for the rest. Huh. Yeah, otherwise I'd never really heard anything bad about him, but I also haven't looked into him yeah. that much. Yeah, and then That's we... Fair. yeah, I don't know a ton about Steve Miller, to be honest. Yeah. Um, then we get into Mickey Hart and Bob Weir from The Grateful Dead. Mickey Hart is an American percussionist, best known from his time with the Grateful Dead from 1967 to 1971, um, and then also from 1974 until their final show in 95. He was born in 1943. He originally left the band after his father embezzled $70,000 from the band while he was briefly managing them, and his drug use had also gotten out of control at that time. He recorded three solo albums and a soundtrack for The Silent Flute. Let me see. Oh, and he recorded 16 albums with other musicians as well. So he you know, had quite a bit going on. He authored several books and has worked to preserve traditional music around the world for the American Folklife Center at the Library of Congress and um, the Smithsonian Institution. He won a Grammy in 91 after producing album Planet Drum. He was inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a member of the Grateful Dead in 94. And then he continued to tour with the Rhythm Devils and surviving dead members joined by Trey Anastasio, Bruce Hornsby, and Jeff Cimenti, who um, was also one of the Rhythm Devils. In 2015, to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the dead. And so, this is, I shouldn't call them the dead. I mean the Grateful Dead, but because there was also a band with the surviving members called the Dead for a while. So I'll try not to do that yeah, again. I think that's what they're called now. They don't call themselves yeah, the they, Grateful Dead. They're, they're like the dead. dead or the Dead and Company. Yeah. But yeah, so I'll try not to do that again, but it's actually really hard. Um, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so Bob Weir, who was born in 1947, is musician and songwriter, known for his work playing rhythm guitar and contributing to um, vocals for The Grateful Dead as well, you know, as Jerry Garcia. He was one of the founding members and was in it until they disbanded in 95. He also performed with The Dead and, um, you know, the other bands mentioned that with the surviving members, he with he released he was part of the twenty two Grateful Dead albums that came out, and Mickey Hart actually wasn't part of all them, you know, because he yeah. he was away from the band for a while. So he had he released four solo albums, three albums with band Kingfish, two with Bobby and the Midnights, and two with a band called Rat Dog, which makes me think of Mouse Rat from. Um, <laughs> Rat dog. I think um, I've seen Bob Weir. Rat dog. 
Like the cartoon on Nickelodeon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I've seen Bob Weir play live at some point. Okay. But yeah, that, that was a cover. Might have been that band. Yeah, they're a cover band and they, you know, play songs by I Chuck Berry, remember. Bob Dylan, The Beatles, and Grateful Dead can songs. You, can you imagine, though? They just, one second, like, you were in The Grateful Dead. Yeah. And you're like, you know what I'm going to do now? I can't wait to start this fucking cover band. Right. I bet it was just like screwing around and having fun. And they're like, people might like to listen to this. What's like we thing? sound pretty good on these songs. I just hate yeah. it. I hate that. Oh, like, really? I don't, I don't know. I, don't I just know. thought it seemed I mean, kind of like fun. There's one thing about like, just getting together with your buddies and jamming or whatever. But then yeah. like, to like go. <laughs> I mean, like, to, I mean, whatever. He's been successful enough. He can do whatever he wants. But yeah. that's just funny to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're gonna be in a terrible cover band now. They I might be they really were probably good. Probably awesome. a great I don't know. cover band to be honest, yeah. but still, it's like, oh man. There That's is funny. a documentary about Bob called "The Other One: The Long Strange Trip of Bob Weir" that premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival in 2014 and was then available on Netflix in 2015. He um, got a 2016 Lifetime Achievement Award at the Americana Honors Award in Nashville. And then, you know, obviously when they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, he you know, was part of that as well. Who gave and out their award? The Black I Beast. don't know. I should have looked that up. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Like so salty. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe it was Eddie Vedder. Um, <laughs> Eddie Vedder. So yeah, I have no idea, but, but it could have been him. But yeah, so what do you guys think after like everything that we've heard, what do you think these musicians, you know, what did they take part in at the Grove? I know we have nothing to prove any of it. So it's just, you know, discussion between us, but. I think, I think the, there's definitely got to be like musicians as legitimate members. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Well they are, or they were, you know. And like, like. I don't know. Do you, do you really want to work when you're at the place? You know, like probably not. So I think that they just go and enjoy the indulgence. Right. Yeah. Maybe in their camp, it's just like a fucking like fire pit where they're all just jamming out and playing cover songs. Like who knows? It could be. Maybe that's where the cover band formed. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, you think by now, if any of them were involved with like any of the like kitty porn stuff or, you know, child prostitution that you, or cannibalism that you would have heard about it or at least, you know, something would have been mentioned, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, like this is a weird year for that. Like, I guess we'll see when true. Epstein's shit comes out. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean that whole, I don't know much about it, but that whole like, uh, pedo Island or whatever you want to call it. Like oh, yeah. if you would have told Epstein's me Island, like five yeah. or 10 years ago that that was a thing, I would have been like, nah, but now I'm like, you know what it was? It probably was. Yeah, I mean, and this other thing may have been something too. I don't know. I know. Yeah, who knows? Like, that's, I'm, I take everything with a grain of salt, but I also don't disbelieve anything completely. So, same here. Yeah. It's like, and I like, honestly, if this year's taught me anything in life, is that anything's fucking possible? Yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Very who knows? True. Who knows? Yeah, regardless, I mean, what's your overall opinion of like the club in general? Um, like, do you have problems with it? Do you kind of it's like? What do you like think it really is? White, rich, rich people. There was like you mentioned, Colin Powell was the only person that you mentioned. I know who was in it. 
who there's probably not, like, you know if you like maybe a handful of other sure people of are, color but but, like, but overwhelmingly it's a white yeah male group and yeah there, and there they, are a lot of they problems they weren't there. paying the employees well if they were paying the employees well i'd be like well it's just a, it's okay i mean they're but yeah i don't know there's also a lot i didn't get into this because it's I didn't even know if it should be mentioned, but they, since they have their plays going on and it's, you know, all men there, they make a big deal about the guys dressing up as women for the female roles. And then like, they'll have like photos and stuff taken afterwards. And it seemed like could be completely harmless, but also seemed Mm -hmm. like some of the photos were almost meant to kind of mock that. And I, like I said, I, I didn't even know if I wanted to mention it since we don't really know. And I didn't. Well, I mean, like, I feel like you, like, I think the whole point of the club for like Mm -hmm. what I'm thinking is like, just take any fucking frat party, but make it more exclusive. And that's what Bohemian Grove is. So you're going to get people that are fucking assholes. Yeah. Get the people that are just there to try to be part of the cool club. Right. But then like, I don't don't know. I think there's going to be different dynamics and different stuff going on. I completely agree. And like some people that are everybody's involved with everything. I think, uh, you know, it's just, you've got some people that are absolutely horrendous human beings there. And then you've got other people that are just kind of like along for the ride. Am I going to judge them for being there? Maybe a little bit. Um, yeah. Do I, do I think about this other than when actually having a conversation about it? No. Yeah. <laughs> I think that they're like conspiring to run the, I think it's just a bunch of people that are at the same income level. Yeah. Uh, just getting drunk and being dicks together. Yeah. So. And even, you know, know. <laughs> regardless of what I feel about them personally, you know, I, I think the majority of these people have probably like pretty high stress jobs and they don't, since they're in the public eye, they don't have a lot of places where they can kind of let loose and, you know, act like an ass for a while. It's a good point. Yeah. So they could be photographed. Like if they're acting like a jerk at a bar. Paparazzi everywhere. Yeah. So, right. yeah. So it, um, you know, might just be for some of them that aren't involved in anything, you know, nefarious. It, it could just be like them taking some time, um, you know, unplugging a little bit and like getting drunk and acting crazy in the woods. Oh, that was like the most important thing I, I forgot to mention about like the person that I know that like went to the clubhouse, mm-hmm. right? Was, uh, and it's obviously not the camp. It's just like the club headquarters, whatever. <laughs> they said that it was mostly just a bunch of businessmen and important people and whatever sitting around either having a cocktail, having a coffee and just like quietly reading a newspaper or just like sitting alone or like having a conversation with someone else that was there, but mostly just like not having anyone else to bothering them. I think that was like the whole point of that clubhouse. So the idea of that, like the, the camp would be, you know, a party where no one's going to bother them or like nothing is going to get put out there about it. Yeah. Same concept. My brother-in-law and like his guy friends from college, they go on this annual trip every year where they go, they get a cabin in Tennessee and they just like go hang out and drink. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of like the same thing a little bit. Like, yeah, they don't let any of the wives go. They don't, um, you know, have any female friends that are going, but they just kind of go like act wild and let loose and relax and kind of get away from their families for a little bit. (laughs) 
But, yeah. but to also but to also put it out there, like these are also very powerful people. Yeah. <laughs> so like the idea that different, you know, things that could greatly affect our entire country are being discussed there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Probably absolutely. One hundred percent. Yeah. Um, maybe some deals are made over, you know, campfire cocktails or whatever. Like, yeah. uh, I don't know. I like the whole thing is just like a weird concept to me, I suppose, just cause I can't imagine ever being that important or powerful. Oh, so yeah, it's, no. yeah, it's crazy to go down that rabbit hole and think about like, like, what a single conversation in that setting could like mean, you know? Yeah. But, so true. And I think that's why everybody's kind of obsessed with it. <laughs> that and because of like all the security, all of the secrecy surrounding yeah. this, you know, cause like I said, there's not a ton out there that you can really get. There's like a couple things that some of the, the ex employees have said, but for the most part, you don't really get a lot of information. And because, I, I think, you know, that builds a lot of interest in the whole story. Otherwise, like, who would really care if these guys were just, like, going out? If they were, like, kind of telling you what was happening, what they were talking about, you'd be like, oh, boring. I don't really want to listen to that. But, but yeah, just because they have, you know, I mean, the security is crazy. They had people that during off-season tried to get in there for this documentary that, you know, they were stopped every step of the way and, like, arrested. Yeah. <laughs> um. They also um, had Alex Jones try to help him get back in, which is really funny. But um, <laughs> it was for like Brad Metzger's something codes and secrets. But it, it was actually it was a good episode. But but yeah, I think if you know it was a little bit if they like let people go in and tour during the off season or anything like that, I think you know people wouldn't care. Yeah, I don't right. think so. Yeah, Just imagination of the events that <laughs> transpires, you know goes wild yeah so now there's like all this you know crazy allegations and lore surrounding the sacrifice and cannibalism and different groups that are planning the world domination right yeah (laughs) that's the whole theme of uh john ronson's book is that like every single conspiracy theory leads to the fact that everybody's convinced that there's like a room full of people controlling the world yeah (laughs) seriously it it does because even like when you you know look into subjects like you know was Paul McCartney replaced by another person, um, that kind of still goes back to like eventually it goes back to like you know the same group of people that are controlling everything. It's weird, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. It's mm-hmm. such a rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> so who is our lizard person or persons? For um, this episode. I'm going to say both of them. Both members of uh, the, oh, Grateful the Grateful Dead. Dead. And- okay. See, I was going to... Bush. I was, yeah, I was going to go more like... I'm just... I can't the stop Bush family naked at a party. Oh, just oh, like, gosh. Awesome. I'm put just his arm saying, around like, somebody. Really just be like painting these pictures of dogs, though. So maybe George Bush. Yeah. George yeah. W. George W. Wait, George W. or Senior? Which one? Because they're both members. Oh. I know. Senior. Yeah. Jeb for <laughs> sure, so too. too. but yeah that's that's all i've got all right sounds good well uh thanks for having me on the the phone call (laughs) anytime yeah uh yeah to all our listeners out there uh stay safe yeah definitely holidays oh yeah and send us any 
you know, request stories that you know of that you want us to cover. If you have stories that you want us to tell, send those as well to our email, our at gmail.com. And I repeat, you know, also what Kendra said, stay safe.